things exceeds time. And so because of that, even in good times and in bad times, we praise you because you are worthy of it. Whether we feel like it or not, we praise you because you are constant, because you never change. It has nothing to do with what we feel and what we don't feel. It has everything to do with who you are and who you will continue to be. This is why we praise you. This is why we worship you. And when we lift our voice in worship to you, you do exploits. You do mind-blowing things. You do things that minds cannot comprehend. You heal. You, you restore. You bring back to life. When we give you thanks, even our mortal bodies are quickened. Our mortal bodies are quickened. Things change for the better. When we give you praise and we give you thanks, things work together for our good. This is why we praise you. In and out of season, we praise you. In good season, we praise you. Bad season, we praise you. Every season, we praise you. This is why we praise you. We feel up to it. We don't feel up to it. We come up with our praise to you. And in giving you that praise, you sort us out. You fix us. You mend us. You do the impossible. You do what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, what has not entered the heart of man yet. You do it when we give our praise to you. And so that's what we've come to do right now, Lord. We lift our praises to you. Wherever you are, lift your praise to him. Wherever you are watching from, lift your praise to him. Whether you feel like it, lift your praise to him. On that sick bed, lift your praise to him and see things done around. This is how we fight. This is how we war in our worship. Unimaginable things happen. And so this is why we bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We adore you. We adore you because you deserve it. So whatever your situation is, lift your voice and bless your maker. God has not stopped doing good. We have just stopped praising him. God is always doing good, doing wonders. Faithful, faithful, faithful. His faithfulness knows no bound. He's faithful even to the unjust. He's a good God. He allows the sun to shine on both the bad and the good. He doesn't think the way we think. He's good. He's kind. He's merciful. He's amazing. And when we lift his name on high, he alone will do what only him can do. Nobody can do the things God can do. Nobody can take the place of God. Nobody can take the place of God. Nobody can take the place of God. This is why we worship him. This is why we put our trust in him. This is why we rely on him totally, completely. He's our God. We are his people and we praise him. Wherever you are in your office, praise him. At home, praise him. In the hospital, praise him. At school, praise him. Let everything within you praise him. Let everything within you praise him because he deserves it. 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 Lord, we bless you. There is no one like you. You deserve. You deserve everything. You see, there is no one like you. Jehovah, there is no one like you. There is no one 
Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. We give you glory tonight. We celebrate your majesty. Thank you for all you are in our lives. And thank you for all you do in our midst. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Altars and covenants. Altars and covenants. Altars and covenants. Our goal, like I said earlier on, is to understand what altars are, the relationship between altars and the believer, and how to raise and pull down altars. And the next thing to, to also understand covenants what covenants are, what it means to partner or to have a covenant as a child of God, how to create covenants with God and with man. Are you ready? Okay. Now, in the beginning, I said that altar is a place a platform or a system where the spirit realm makes contact with the physical realm on legal ground. The second def definition I said an altar is also a platform for authorization of laws or spirit to function upon the earth. And the third one, an altar is a platform where covenants are activated and maintained. And the fourth one, altars can be physical monuments, institutions, men, and non-material platforms that are spiritual content. When you say non-material platform, it becomes the spiritual realm. Are you following people of God? So that is how you have to understand altar. Altar, a platform or a system where the spirit realm Miscontact with the physical realm on legal ground. Altar is also a platform for authorization of laws or spirit to function upon the earth. And altar is also a platform where covenant are activated and maintained. Altars can be physical monument, institution, men, and non-material platforms, which are spiritual content. Now, the major assignment of an altar is to give authorization and continuity. You understand it? It means that altars, anytime an altar is established, it is to give authorization and continuity to any spiritual activity on earth, whether godly or demonic. And I said that according to the book of Genesis chapter, was it 8? Yes. Genesis chapter 8, 
where we saw that the idea of altar is a godly idea. Do you remember that scripture? The idea of an altar is a godly idea. Remember that scripture? Yes. Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. Where we saw that the first time that Noah got down immediately, Noah began to build an altar. And the Bible says he built the altar unto the Lord and sacrificed even on it. So it means that the idea of altar was first of all a godly idea before a lot of things came in to make it demonic so now are you ready thank you father Azozo rokatimini kapaya, ante meleketimini kati, shuga dimana gabadaya, elegedemenegedebe. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. So having the understanding about what an altar is based on what I taught you in the past. Now, you have to also know certain things so you can relate with altars. Are you following people of God? So the major assignment of an altar is to give authorization and to give continuity to any spiritual activity on earth, whether godly or demonic. So anytime you see an altar being established, it is give an authorization to something. And number two, it is also to give continuity to that thing. So when you build an altar, the altar is not only going to defend the cause through which you built it, but it is also going to stand for many generations to come. One of the things that the believer must understand is that looking from Genesis coming through the Bible, you could see that every man that God referred, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of whoever. All of these people are men that specifically they did something in relation to altars. Are you following? Those people that didn't build an altar, they were not referred as the God of this. But people who dealt with altars in the Bible, please let your understanding come alive. This is very, very important. Anybody, the patriarch, even from the Old Testament coming, you could see that if we are referring to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, when we begin to trace, like these are men that each one of them built an altar. So the altar also gave them a relation with the God that when people mention their God, they reference the people that set that altar even for that God. Am I talking to somebody? Even up to now in the New Testament, people still refer the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Listen, people of God, 
everybody who understands the erection of altars and work towards it will have a household name. Mm. Are you following? Very, very important to notice this. So those people in the Old Testament that kept on building an altar unto the Lord, these people now, their names were now associated with God. It means that altar built or altar brings about covenant. What powers covenant is altar. So the altar give authorization and continuity to any spiritual activity on earth, whether godly or demonic. That is why some of you, there were things that happened. It is not you that partook in that thing. But because altars can speak for many, many generations, whether good or bad, though you were not part, but still that altar is fighting you. Are you learning? When we are talking about altar, you must be careful. Some of you, your sister gave birth, the first child died. Another brother of yours gave birth, the first child died. You are the youngest, you are coming. You have to deal with certain things now. These are powered by altars. Some of you in your family, somebody had a heart problem, the person died. Somebody also had the heart problem in the same family, he died. Another person also had the heart, heart problem, he died. Listen, when these things happen, understand that it is not an ordinary thing. It is a pattern and it is linked to all things. Are you following people of God? Do you know that when Jacob had the dream, and he saw angels ascending on a ladder and descending and God was on top of that ladder do you know that after that encounter when he wake up he said that oh so all this time God was here and I didn't know the first thing the man did was to set an altar now altars become a reference point where a man encountered their God
Am I ahead now? <clears throat> okay. Now, are you learning? So, all tests. Jacob had this encounter with God. Please, I want you to, I don't know, but let your attention come alive because this is the message that I want to at least try my best to finish it. Jacob had an encounter with God. Now, when he was driven out by the mother that go to your uncle because your brother, if your brother gets you, he will kill you. So go. When this guy was going, he was distressed. The guy now went and slept at a specific location. Do you know that this location that Jacob slept, that he had an encounter, do you know that many, many years ago, his grandfather Abraham also had an encounter and built an altar there? Oh, you are not hearing me. He called the place Bethel. Abraham also called that place Bethel. But the time came that Jacob, after he had built an altar, came back when he was satisfied, came back again. And this time he came to build an altar there. And he called that place El Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. Mm. So it means that the location through which his father and his grandfather encountered God and set an oath and called the place better. His grandson, Jacob, a time came that it also defended his cause. So this man said, no, I have to build a structure, an altar there. It is like a physical monument. He built the altar there and he called the place the house of God, people of God. You see how altars work? This was a godly altar that the man said even for um, um that the man said even for his generation. Many generations came. Now it was around the land of Luz. Are you getting it? A lot of people came there. A time came that there were people that took charge over that place. Enemies took charge over that place i was doing a research about the word Bethel. i was doing a research about the place called Bethel. Mm. do you know that the giant do you know the giant in the Bible, in the book of Exodus? The Nephilim. When God told Moses that they should go to the promised land, they said that when they went there, giant were taking charge over the place. Do you know that the Nephilim, the Anakims, these giants, they were now taking charge over where Jacob built the altar. Why is it that they didn't take charge over every place, but they located themselves where the altar is? The enemy want to destroy your altar. He know that there is something in relation to your altar. He want to take hold over your altar because who you are, what you become is dependent on the 
altar in your house. Now listen, I've seen a lot of people are teaching about a lot of things concerning altars. Don't think physical in our today. Are you following? But do you know that in every church, we have what we call altar. Mm. Every church, we have altar. Every church, we have an altar. Yes. And it is the place of the altar that the man of God stands to minister. It means that the altar becomes the highest place. The place of authority through which divine things manifest even among humans. So the encounter that people have on an altar, when you see an altar in the church, don't take it for granted. See if people may be walking on the altar to and fro, but don't see it as that. Treat the altar well. So go go Is Bethel, it was captured by the enemy. Why is it that upon all the land the enemy was never interested anywhere than Bethel? Do you know that the Philistines? also descended from the giant that is why we saw David and Goliath and Goliath was a Philistine and this that's why they were giant because they descended from the Nephilim the Anakims and it was known that these people came from the fallen angels we are not supposed to go there so these people carried some different stature they were giants they were men of stature so the philistines came from these giants are you following you read the bible and the bible says that the fallen angels had something to do with even uh, the women some angels sorry not the fall some angels had something to do with women they saw the women and they slept with them the result is what we saw as the nephilim the anakims the giant and all of these people are you following and that is where that is where we saw the philistines coming out now i want you to be attentive here so this one you could see that they were coming from a certain route where they have an understanding that they cannot just dwell anywhere and be okay they must capture the places of covenant because they know that the place where an altar is set is the place where spirit communicates mm. and that is why for a long season israel were in captivity 
Because where the voice of God is, they were far away from it. Mm. Your altar is your voice. If the enemy catches your altar, it will be very difficult for you to hear and to see. And all of these things are patterns. You could see that something will happen to Abraham and it will also happen to Isaac and it, it will also happen, happen to Jacob. So you could see that whatever was happening to them based on the covenant and the altars in their, in their life, it was just going through just like that. If you are not careful, the sickness affecting your father may affect you. You must pray now and destroy it. You must break that altar of sickness in the father's house. And listen, you don't just break an altar. When I was dealing with covenant last year, I told you that you do not just break altars and leave them. You break and set another. You will get there. Are you learning? Orosibaya. So all tests are not only going to give authorization, but it also gives continuity. So you will see that there are certain things that you have been fighting of that thing and it is not going. It will also come on your children. It also come on your great-grandchildren. You will see that it keeps on happening and happening and happening. You don't understand because there is an altar. When you see anything that it is difficult to deal with, there is an altar back in it. People of God, you got to open your eyes. Are you following? Mm. Thank you, Father. So anything that resists, that continues in your life, that has become chronic, difficult to deal with, that thing is backed by an altar. And it is backed by a demonic altar. Today, I pray for you. Any demonic altar in your life is broken in the name of Jesus. Anytime God gives the patriarch a prophetic word or direction, are you following? Anytime God will give the patriarch a prophetic word or direction, the first thing they do is to build an altar so that even when they are not there their children may have the platform for continuity so people who think about generation their grandchildren they think about the next generation following them there are people that they also think about altars because they build altar for their children the children to come are you following because all tests will always enforce continuity. Even though you are not there, there are some people that prophetically will locate you and will see that what your father did, although your father is no more, but what your father did is now speaking for you. There are all tests speaking for us. Now, this example of some of these things is even the salvation plan of God. What Jesus did so many years ago, about 2,000 years ago, that thing is still speaking for us. So anybody that also believes in the name of Jesus will be saved. You don't have to go back to the cross and do anything again. You don't have to see Jesus physically. There is an altar and it has been established that any.
anybody who shall declare the name of the Lord will be saved. The altar of continuity defending God's people. What altar are you building for your family? What altar are you building for your for your for your for your for your generations for the generations to come? What altars are you building? Amen. You can know the presence of an altar in any life, any family, and any region by the consistency of patterns or occurrences, whether good or bad. Can I take that one again? You can know the presence of an altar in any life, any family, and any region by the consistency of patterns or occurrences, whether good or bad. Are you following? Are you following? So when you see that something is consistent and you could see that you look through the family. Ah! Somebody started ministry. At the age of 25, the person died. Another person also started ministry in the same family. At the age of 25, the person died. You could see that this is an altar there is an altar the consistency of patterns the things happening you could see there's an altar people of god i gave you an assignment to go and inquire of your parent the things that has been happening in your family christians are lazy people if you care so much about your life and your family you would have asked your parent you would have found out from your uncle from your grandparent the thing that has been going on I know somebody one day I had a vision and I asked somebody and when I asked the person the woman told me that you are right before my mother was dying my mother told me that we should all find a powerful church to join people of God this thing that we are talking about eh, this thing that we are talking about it is serious all tests are fighting people i've seen people they pray they do a lot of things in the lord and still they cannot make it alive i've seen people they do all that it would take for a believer to do but they are not seeing the hand of god if they receive understanding about what is fighting them they will also receive direction about how to go about it and they will be free today i pray may god give you direction in the name of jesus people of god be serious i hope you are writing yes so when you see that something is consistent you see a consistent pattern why is that in this family everybody 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 will give birth before they get married everybody give birth before you you have to consciously break that pattern and that is why when a guy comes say no you have to marry me put ring on my hand before i sleep with you because this thing is going on in the family you could see that. listen you can claim whatever you know you can study the whole bible and still pattern will hate you all tests will fight you covenant will speak against you be careful. Look at, don't think that those people who fall and trap by those things, they were weak. No. When patterns are in, in, in form, listen, it doesn't matter your anointing. If you are not careful, you will also go into that same direction. But I pray that the Lord will help you.
Do you know that in the Bible, the blessings were shifted even to the second bonds? Yes. And it continued to a point that every second bond, all the second bond were taking the place. The first bonds couldn't. They were cursed from the beginning. And because of that, every second bond, second bond, second bond was taking charge. Second bond was taking charge. So if you are a mother, a father, and you give birth and you are not careful, this thing will continue. You have to break it. The first bond is supposed to be your glory. It's supposed to be your strength. But if you are not careful, it will change. And if you are firstborn and you are not careful, your blessings will be given to another person. Don't focus, don't focus on the second born in your, in your family. When we say second born, doesn't mean the second born in the family alone. But anything after you, anything after you can possess your blessings if you are not careful. Are you following people of God? So when you see that something is consistent, it keeps on repeating itself. Understand that that is a that is an altar at work. Mm. When you see that something keeps on happening in the line of some family, you see that that thing. Listen, this one. It, there are some people whether they believe in God or they don't believe in God. They still prosper. You could see that this one, there's an altar speaking for them. How do you see the Jewish people? When you stand with the Jewish people, there is an advantage for the Jewish people. I'm telling you, stand with the Jew because God has blessed them from the foundation of the earth. God has blessed these people. From the beginning, it doesn't matter whether you believe in Jesus or they don't believe in Jesus. These people are blessed automatically. There is an advantage for the Jewish, Jewish people. And you, you will be fasting and praying. And sometimes nothing is happening to you. Sometimes you think that God is selective. No, there are all tests. You can also set them. When a Jewish person, yes, you are right. When a Jewish person goes anywhere, they are favored. You, you go and look to the story of, of a Jew. Anywhere a Jewish person will go, they will be favored. There is an advantage for their life because there is an altar speaking for them. Mm. Back by covenant. Listen, when altars are speaking, it doesn't matter whether you are born again or not born again. Because altars covenant and covenant are like laws agreed on it must perform it doesn't matter so no more go about that are you learning mm. you could see that there are certain things that happen to people there are certain things that are happening to people. And you could say this person never took alcohol in his life. This person is not a smoker. This person even eats well. But still, they said this person 
have issue in his liver. What happened to this person? This same thing happened to the father, happened to the mother, happened to other sister, happened to other brother, and now they too are carrying it. What is happening? The person is not a drunkard. The person cannot or does not even smoke. Nevertheless, this thing is happening in his life. People of God, all tests are dangerous. It doesn't matter whether a person lives right or not. If you do not have understanding about the operations of altars, it may fight you. And that's why you need knowledge so you can deal with it. Are you learning, people of God? You can see some people. They are in the world, but everything is working for them. Sometimes you sit and you don't understand as a believer. Oh God. I'm always in your presence. I'm always praying. Why is it that I cannot also experience this thing? These people, they don't go to church. Yes. Their great-grandfather did something for God. Set an altar and covenanted with God on that altar. And that is all. Everyone that is coming from them. The only thing is that maybe if they die in their sin, they will go to hell. But on this earth, so long as the altar remains, it will speak for them. Why is it that we look through the scriptures? Please, am I pointing certain things to you? My God. Why is it that we look through the scriptures? And there are, and there are certain people that the Bible says that all of these people automatically, they are saved. They are going to heaven straight forward. Have you seen that thing? Yes. They are going to heaven. Whether they believe in Jesus or not. This God said these people, they are going to, they, they are, they are going to heaven. So, so, so what God is doing is that some of this, some of us, we are like, I say, It is serious. This heaven you want to enter. There are people that the Bible took them. The Bible said that God took them to heaven. He took them. Elijah was taken to heaven. He didn't have to die. Enoch has to be taken to heaven.
You are praying. You have to go through process. You have to go through process. Before you go to heaven. But these people they entered heaven. Why? Yes, I just found it. The 144,000 Jews. 144,000. These are people that are already selected. Can you just imagine? You have to suffer. But these 144,000 people, they have already been selected. There's a lot of debate about it that God is now going to select. But I know by what I read, they have been selected. Covenant are powerful. And this is why some churches say that it will, for heaven, it will take only the 144,000 Jewish people only that will enter into heaven. But for us, we will still stay on earth. That is how some, 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 some um, churches, I won't mention the church, they talk about, are you getting it? Yes. They have been already been selected. Covenant is powerful. That these people, do you know the Jewish people? Do you know the Jews? You know the Jewish people? Okay. Find out what happened. Find out what happened. The Jewish people descended from Jacob. So now we know them to be the Hebrews or the Israelites. Are you getting it? Yes. And who is Jacob? This is the man that made covenant with God and set an altar and call that place El Bethel, meaning that God of Bethel. Wow, I've seen my brother enter the platform. Prophet Kofi Amwafe Amwaku Ebunya Isaac. People of God, let's welcome the man of God. Let's welcome my brother. Welcome him for me. Welcome my brother for me. Are you learning, people of God? Yes. God bless you, my brother, for joining. It's an honor to have you here. We are blessed to have you. So when we are talking about authors, forget about oh grace is speaking for me oh anointing is speaking for me 
See there, there were men of God that started ministry. But they slept with women just like that. They failed. You too, in your time, if you are not careful, you will sleep with different women, you will fail. These are powered by authors. And if you are not careful, it doesn't matter the anointing on your life, you will fail. So as I'm talking about these things, let's be careful. There were people that were richer than you are. But in their time, the enemy messed them up. They were Christians, but they were not careful and disciplined. If you are not careful, altar will power it. Altar is very powerful. But the idea of an altar, listen, number one, is a godly idea. The first time, based on the law of first mention in the Bible, we hear that Noah in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. The Bible says, as Noah stepped down, immediately this man set an altar he built an altar unto the lord so it's a godly idea not a worldly idea so when we talk about it don't think negative it means that no matter the altar people have built against you we can rebuild an altar we can break it down and raise it up again and this is what i will teach you to do I will teach you how to raise an altar. I will teach you how to pull down an altar. And I will teach you how to raise an altar. And after that, you are going to practicalize the people of God. And you will see what will happen to you and happen to your generation. You can never fail. This is not the counsel of God for your life that you feel. You can never fail in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter who said it. It doesn't matter who did it. It doesn't matter who covenanted with anybody. It, you can never fail. Melekotimanakaya. So when something is continuous, when something is persistent in your life, you have tried your best and still you cannot solve it. That thing is backed by an altar. There is an altar making sure that thing is informed. But today I prophesy in the name of Jesus, any altar making sure that the counsel of God will not be established or seen in your life, let that altar fail in the name of Jesus. My God, as you type amen, may it happen to you now in the name of Jesus. So you must, when altars are in work, sometimes you don't have to do anything. And you see that something is happening to your life. You see that something is repeating in your life. You don't understand there is an altar. So like I said, the blessing of the Jewish people. No matter what you do, these people have been favored and they have been blessed. It doesn't matter what you do to the Jewish people. It doesn't matter whether now they believe in Jesus or not. They have been blessed and they have been favored to a point that 144,000 people have been qualified. They have been selected already. This is serious. You have to go through a process called salvation. But they, they have been selected. That this one, they have already been selected. 144,000. 
altars are powerful. And all of these people, they were born because of an altar. Because the guy encountered God and named that place El Bethel, God of Bethel. For he said that when I was in distress, this is where I encountered my God. People of God, when you encounter your God, set your altar there. Make sure that you are always visiting it. Make sure that you are consistent there. Make sure that you bless that thing. Make sure you offer sacrifices there. Make sure you do it consistently that the hand of God will be mighty even in your generation. People of God, when I'm talking like this, I'm not talking about a physical monument where you will see that you will go and gather stones and say, oh, the pastor said that I should build an altar so I'm gathering stones. Let me kill an animal. That thing is witchcraft. But the place of prayer is your altar place. The place of righteousness is, your, is, is the place of altar. People of God, you can set a place that every time you go and visit there, you will be praying unto the Lord. It is a consecrated ground for your true encounter unto the Lord. People of God, the Lord will help us. The Lord will help us. And He is helping us today. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout altars. Shout altars. Now, when your life experiences stagnation and delays, there's an altar behind it. When your life experiences something we call near success syndrome, sometimes when you are getting to something, suddenly something will come and hit it. There's an altar. You see that that thing, it normally repeats itself. There's an altar. Hmm. They are all backed by others. Barrenness. This, all of these things are negative authors. Yes. When you see some of these things going on, you could see that it is backed by an author. Barrenness and short-lived success. Oh, you get a testimony and the next few minutes it disappears just like that. Short-lived success. You will give birth to a child and the child disappears from the earth. Just like that. Short-lived success. You will start a business and start booming. In a few days, it's scatter. Just like that. Short-lived success. So you will enjoy every blessing. But you could see that the blessing does not last. You get a car. The moment you are happy, I've gotten a car. Oh, just two weeks. Pam, the car had an accident. You build a house. Everybody's rejoiced you have gotten a house. Three days. Pam. Fire has consumed the house. So it's like good things happen to you, but it does not last. These things are backed by others. Some people, you, are, you, you want to go to abroad, 
the next thing you will see, your visa has been released. Suddenly, they said, somebody just died in your family. Suddenly, you will see policemen coming to arrest you. All of these things are backed by authors. Having to see some people with higher qualification and no job is employing them. And if if you can trace from their family, somebody of the same form also experienced those things. People of God, all tests are behind. show you something do you know that if you associate with somebody that is battling that authors are fighting there's a high possibility or probability the probability is so high that those authors can also fight you yes if you live with somebody and you don't help them to fight it you too you can have the same thing that's why you see you can become your friend and your friend can become you Many people said, show me your friend and I will show you your character. A clear example is Jonah. Jonah was sent into Nineveh to preach the gospel. Now, when Jonah entered this ship, wanting to run away, you saw, you all saw what happened. It was known that the people lost a lot of things because of Jonah. When, 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 when there was a great boisterous wind even happening on top, all of them were screaming and, and they thought that the things were too much even in the ship. So it was making the, the, the ship to even sink. So they thought that, oh, we should now throw everything we have in the ship, in the water. People of God, they did that and still the wind didn't stop because of one man they related to. If Jonah was not related to them, the altars wouldn't fight them. Somebody's curse can even fight you too. Having to see that some people, they have marked to die by an accident. And if you are not a believer, if you have not prayed well, suddenly you will be in the same car with these people and you will die with them paying their debt that you were not supposed to. People of God, all tests are powerful. So you could see that you found yourself in a certain location that it was only one person that did something wrong that needed to be punished. But suddenly,
suddenly someone will go by. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. My God. My God. Are you learning, people of God? All tests are powerful, but our God is more powerful. And in fact, if we set great altars, it will be powerful at our back in our defense. And that is what will happen to us even today in the name of Jesus. Listen, I have been telling you this thing even in the scriptures. But the Bible says that Paul went to a certain place and they started the fire in the wood. They gathered wood and they caused fire. Then a certain viper came out of the heat. Do you remember that story? I think in the book of Acts. The viper was there. It took the fire to bring the viper out. Somebody will say that, oh, the viper coming out is not good, but it was good. Some of you, there are some, some hidden things going on in your life. And unless those things come out, you will be affected and you will be afflicted. So you could see that most people are afflicted most people are going through a lot of things and they cannot find out what is happening to them these are authors they are fighting behind the scene secretly unless there is a fire of God it will not be exposed the Bible says the viper came out because of the heat there must be a heat that will be created around you that will expose the worst of darkness in your life Some of you in your body, there are some sicknesses affecting in, in your body internally. You must create heat to expose them. And the altars are fighting you secretly. Today, may my God help you. in America let me let me tell you something go and read the history of America before the the, 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 the nation America was born let me put it in that way do you know that they set an altar do you know that they erected an altar and called upon the name of the Lord That officially you are the God 
of our land and you are the reason why america exists and that is why listen it doesn't matter what is happening in america it looks like still they have some upper hand over the nations having to realize no matter the condition of america in fact almost kasema from Kurano still they are doing well Authors are powerful. Mm. One of the dangerous things is that Having to realize that sometimes you have a negative thought about a certain political party, but during the day of election, you will go to where they will elect, and suddenly your mind will change and you will vote for that same particular party. And sometimes you will come and say, Ah, what happened to me? I just voted for them. Hey, <laughs> uh, God should help us on this subject. You will hate this party so much. But suddenly the season will come for voting and your mind will change. These people, you will hate them, your mind. And sometimes having to realize that when it is getting to election time, a lot of accident, a lot of killings, a lot of death and all that used to happen. Why? There are a lot of demonic, high level of demonic activity goes on because the altar is calling for blood listen it doesn't matter whatever church they enter that they proclaim they serve god and all that it is only few i can say that it is only few that really know god most of them don't know god at all they have altars negative altars not the good one they have negative altars that they sacrifice a lot on Authors are powerful. Authors are powerful. Authors are powerful. Are Somebody say authors are powerful. Somebody say authors are powerful. Somebody say authors are powerful. So now you have understood what is behind the things that are happening. When you see some of these things happening, you know that it, there are authors backing. Now you understand that. Okay. Now can we continue? My God.
Somebody say how to break and raise an altar or rebuilding an altar. Are you ready for this? I want to be very fast so we can pray. I want to be fast. Rebuilding an altar. Judges chapter 6, verse 20. I want somebody who can be fast for me in posting the scriptures. Judges chapter 6, verse 25. And the person must repeat it unless I say uh, verse 20. Sorry, 20. Caleb, God bless you. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unliving bread, place them on this rock. And pour out broth. And Gideon did so. Let's continue. Mm. So we are talking about Gideon now. Then the angel of the Lord tied the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire fled from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. Mm. What just happened? Sacrifice were being made. Okay, continue. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Allah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. Okay, let's continue. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and call it the lord is peace oh jesus these people my god these people oh jesus these people had an understanding that even for their sacrifice to be accepted they must build an altar now we have started talking about altar here and he called the the altar the lord is peace Every altar you set, there must be a covenanted name. Why are you building the altar? Please take note of that. Anytime you are building an altar, you must have a name for the altar, the reason for the altar. Jacob built the altar and he called the altar El Bethel, meaning the God of Bethel. Am I talking to somebody? Mm. The name of the altar will represent the purpose of the altar. Are you following? Uh-huh. Let's continue. So he called the place, the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abies right. Listen, to this day. So it means that the time that they were even writing the Bible, they were even referring that even to this day, it means Gideon is no more there, but even to this day, the location of the altar is still there. It means that the altar is still speaking for people. My God, listen, your altar is for generational impact. It's for continuity. Your altar will speak for your generation. My God. Can we continue? Can we continue? 
That same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your fathers. So the man has set an altar. But it wasn't enough. He had understanding that if he has put sacrifice on the rock and, on the, and the angel of the Lord took it, it means that that place is a place where offerings may be accepted. And if offerings or sacrifice may be accepted, it means that his request will also be accepted. But the Bible said that same night, I want you to repeat that, that same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's head. He didn't say the mother. Listen, look at the instruction. Take the second bull from your father's head, the one seven years old, I told you when I was teaching about the tabernacle that the kind of animal that God normally used was the one from one to seven, mostly three months or seven. I get it. And the number three, you know, is the number of the Trinity, the number of resurrection too. And it's a godly number. Number seven is the number of perfection. And sometimes God doesn't want the animal to grow more because it means that that animal can be corrupted. Are you getting it? So God needs something that is clean, separated, without spot. That's why sometimes God will let them bring the small ones, the little ones that has been not touched, spotless, without blemish. Are you getting it? Yes. That same night the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's head, the one seven years. Hmm. You hear the instruction. Now, it will shock you. Do you know that Gideon had... <laughs> Do you know that Gideon, he had 70 sons? <laughs> so, what he was doing, eh? <laughs> was going to defend his entire generation. <laughs> No daughters, so these are daughters, 70 sons.
and you follow me. Gideon is called Papa no. No, don't worry about that. When you Papa no myself, I was seventy. Yes. Now, why is it that Gideon, he is the youngest in his father's house, yet he was the one that you that received this instruction. Time will not permit me, but let me continue. Maybe some other time I will open your eyes. I was looking for a certain scripture, but I couldn't find it. That same night, the Lord said to him, take the second book from your father's head. The one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to bow and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Mm. God is telling Gideon, tear down your father's altar. So the father had an altar. Oh, people of God. But that altar of his father was not a godly altar. We saw that at 24, 23, 24, Gideon at Judges chapter 6, verse 23, 24, we saw Gideon had set an altar. And just that night, that same night, Gideon was preparing to go for battle. In the next day, but before then, God told him, go to your father's house, not your mother. Because this shows that it, the, the altar that will, will, will fight Gideon is in the house of his father. And until Gideon is able to destroy that altar, Gideon is not ready for battle. People of God, do you know where that altar is? Whether it is in your mother's house or in your father's house. I have shown you what it means to recognize the presence of an altar. So if you trace your mother's line and you could see that this thing keeps on happening in your mother's line, then you know that there's an altar in your mother's house. If you know, if you trace it from your father and you could see that this thing is coming from your father's, you know that there's an altar in your father's house. Are you getting it? Are you getting the whole thing where? That's why I show you the presence of an altar, then you can relate to it. Because if you are unable to trace the altar, you cannot deal with it. So you must know specific things that keep on persisting in the life of your family, your father, your, your mother, or anybody at all. Then you deal with it. Now, let me give you the mystery here. The Lord told me, in dealing with an altar associated with anybody, Something about the person must be involved. Please, this is a key. Write it down. You will not hear it anywhere. I'm not boasting, but I'm telling you what the Spirit is telling me. Are you following? Are you following? Yes. So you see what the Bible says. In order to tear down the altar of your father, something about your father must be involved it is a secret uh, are you following uh -huh. so listen on. that same night the lord said to him take the second bull from your father's head not your mother's head 
not your friend's head from who your father's head so the sacrifice must come from the one that built the altar hmm. some part of the sacrifice must come from them but i will show you how easy it will be now somebody will be like my father is not alive my mother is not alive you are not supposed to worry in go- going to find something to do anything in this new dispensation i will show you how i follow it okay tear down your father's altar to bow and cut down the asherah pole beside it then build a proper kind of altar to the lord your god on the top of this height using the wood of the asherah pole that you cut down offer the second bull as a burnt offering mm. are you seeing what is happening here are you seeing what is happening here build a proper kind of altar so it means that never write this thing down never destroy an altar without raising an altar following never do what never do what never destroy an altar without raising an altar realize that the man still used the same altar that his father built he used that same thing to rebuild a proper altar unto the Lord mm. they meant it for evil but God turned it for good listen people of God sometimes eh, the enemy will do something so this thing eh, if I'm to teach you in detail somebody can gather money in a wrong way but we can convert it for you in a good way and the good way is to help god the israelites they were having gold jewelries and all of these things they were using it to serve their god by the time came god told them gather all of this go to the women and ask from them they took it the next morning they didn't see them again are you following yes so sometimes there are things that are supposed to be used for negative purpose but if god sends you he can convert the negative things and turn it into a positive thing are you following and that's how all tests are okay 
you could see that the man was going for battle but before the man was able to win the battle or able to go to the battle god first told him there is a limitation and unless you destroy that limitation you can go to the battle but you won't win you have to first go to your father's house and destroy the altar cut it down to bar any altar that is standing against your victory zone may it be destroyed right now in the name of jesus 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 first kings chapter 18 verse 20 Now, I am going to show you how to raise an altar. And after you read the scriptures, I will summarize something for your understanding well. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Sometimes in your family, you have been divided. Because there, are, there is this group that is serving other God. They are afraid. Always your father will gather them around a certain stone. And your father will pour something on that stone. By you, you say you will not join them. It can get to a time where if you understand authors, you will challenge them and say you have to separate them. Even your father will be converted. But don't dare try if you don't have capacity for that. But I want to open your eyes because knowledge is your strength. Knowledge is your power. Are you ready, people of God? Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, God, is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the lost prophets left. But Baal has 450 prophets. And this one, it was a mistake from um, um, Elijah to say that he, he wasn't the only one who was left. Okay. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one. Okay, 23. Get two bulls for us. Mm. Get what? Two bulls for us. Now, do you realize that this is the same altar that Gideon went to destroy? Because the Bible says that go to your father's house. So people were creating altar of Baal. Have you seen that the name Ba or the God Ba became a household God? 
that anybody will set altar in their family and they too they will call it Ba. So the Bible says that he told Gideon, go to your father's house and cut or tear down the altar to Ba. Destroy it. And that altar was the altar of Ba. Are you following? Now, this same thing also happened. Because this is Elijah. And he gathered this prophet. And he said, Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophet choose one for themselves. And let them cut it into pieces. And put it on the wood. But not set fire to it. I will prepare other bulls. And put it on the wood. But not set fire to it. Mm. Then you call on the name of your God. And I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire. He is God. Listen. Have you seen that Elijah is very wise? And this is how we set up an altar. Elijah was not giving them the instruction. And when he was done, he said that call fire. Elijah understood that he is skillful. His God is skillful. He has rehearsed that his God is skillful in sending fire. Never try a thing in public if it is not tested in private. The God you know in private, experience in private, is the God we show in public. It doesn't matter how anointed you are. If your God is not proven to you in the place of your altar, in the secret place, you may be disgraced in the public place. This Elijah has been known calling fire everywhere. So he told them that we are going, we are going to call fire. We are not going to call stones. We are going to call fire because my God is the God of fire. My God. Can you read that, that part again? Then you call on the name of your God. And I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire. He is God. So he has now declared a statement that the God who answers by fire, he is the God. My God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophet of Baal, choose one of the booths and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God. Listen, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull, giving them and prepared it. Then they call on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal answer us. They shouted, but there was no response. No one answered and they danced around the altar. Listen, look at what they were doing. They call on the name of Baal. It's supposed to give you a key around your altar. They call on the name of their God, but their God didn't respond. People of God, if you're a believer and you set an altar, the altar is the place where you call upon the name of your God. Look at the the second thing they did. The The Bible said they also dance around the altar. My God. They did what? They danced around the altar. They called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal answered us not. They shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced. So the second thing they did was what? They danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder. So Elijah was teasing them. He said, 
Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is, a, he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. My God. If you know your God, then you are bold. My God. This is why nobody can cajole me. Do you know why? It doesn't matter how deep you are. It doesn't matter how long you have been in ministry. I know the God I serve. And I know the God I have encountered. I know the God I met at 3.45 p.m. I know the God who spoke to me on that time. It is my covenant with him. So I am so sure of the God I know. I know the God I hear his voice. Nobody can come and tell me anything. Am I talking to somebody? That's why when I make decision, my decision is my decision. Because I know the God I hate. Some of you, you, because you have no experience and encounter with God, you see, your decisions, you are unstable. Like these people, the Bible said that the first of all, Elijah asked them, why do you toss between two different opinions? Because these people were confused. They have not experienced the God that we all know. Am I talking to somebody? Now, I will show you proper way to build an altar. You just follow, follow with me. So the number one thing they did was what? They called on the name of the Lord. So this is a demonic altar. So in the demonic altar, they called the name of their Lord. Please write it down. The first thing the demons or the evil authors they do is to call upon the name of the Lord. On their altar. Are you following? Uh But first of all, something happened. They didn't call the name of of their of their God until they sacrificed something on the altar. I nearly forgot that. So sacrifice were on the altar. Please learn something from this. Are you getting it? They first sacrificed because the first thing they gave them was a bull. They sacrificed the bull given to them and they prepared it on the altar. So every altar, before you can call on it, they must be sacrificed. Are you following? So sacrifice was prepared on the altar. Then when sacrifice were prepared on the altar, they now call on the name. It means that every altar demand it died. There is a food. You must feed the altar before you speak to the altar. Mm. And the fact that they were calling on the altar means that the altar has ears. Are you following? And the fact that they had the ability to shout and call on the name of the altar means that the second thing means that they had an understanding that the altars have voice so the altar can speak after they call him Hmm. so the first thing you must do in preparing your altar is sacrifice and the next thing is that the altar has to get a name so you must call on that order, altar. Jacob erected an altar and called the altar what? El Bethel, the God of Bethel. Gideon erected the altar 
and called the altar out the Lord of peace or God has given me peace listen people of God this is what the Lord want you to understand so you can destroy the altars in the father's house in the mother's house so that you can destroy the thing that persists in your life it is the work of the enemy are you following okay and the next thing they did the first thing was sacrifice the second thing was what they mentioned or the call of the name and the third thing they dance around the altar this is what the demonic altar they do so anytime somebody go to the shrine they first will ask of a sacrifice and when you are able to give the priest or the idol worshiper when you are able to give them the sacrifice you will hear them making some enchantment they will call certain names abi 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 kalebo kalebo give you amoa give you amoa kalebo 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 abi 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 you hear them calling certain names this thing if you are learning is going to help you my god Are you following? So they took the book, giving them and prepared it. Then they call on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal answer us. They shouted, but there was no response. From today, any altar in your father's house, any altar in your mother's house, whoever shall call upon any altar of sickness, any altar of hepatitis, any altar of kidney failure, any altar of liver failure, any altar of heart problem, any altar of disease, accident, misfortune, Failure, pain, any altar of marital challenges, financial struggles, I decree in the name of Jesus, may their God be mute in the name of Jesus. My God, this thing, I see something happen to you. May their God be mute. May their God be muted in the name of Jesus. My God. Are you following? Tomorrow go by that. But there was no response. No one answered. And then they danced around the altar. So the first thing that gave me an idea about how the demonic realm they operate is that demons make sacrifices. Before any altar will fight you, there are sacrifices that is going on. Imagine it, so if you want to destroy uh, destroy an altar, don't think. Don't think that you are. Listen, look at what, what, what Elijah told them. Give us two bulls. Let them take one. Let me take one. You want to destroy an altar? You want to destroy an altar? No. No. You can't. You can't. An altar. You cannot destroy an altar like that. You need a sacrifice. Because this demonic kingdom, they made sacrifice before they erect an altar it means that you cannot erect an altar without sacrifice sacrifice is an important element when it comes to an altar are you following yes yes oh let's go to genesis chapter 8 verse verse 20 
Let's go to Genesis chapter 8 verse 2 before we come back to the same scripture. I want to show you, you can never erect an altar without sacrifice. Even the scripture we read concerning Gideon, you saw what happened. The Bible says that Gideon put bread and put meat even on the stone and the angel stretched forth that thing and he took it and the angel disappeared and then he set an altar. So sacrifice went before he set an altar. People of God, and when God told him, go to your father's house and destroy the altar, sear it down to bow, the Lord told him, take from among the hairs of your father the second bull. Take the second bull, take that one and sacrifice it on the altar before you rebuild it. So even God told him to sacrifice something to destroy it. People of God, if you want to destroy an altar, you must sacrifice something. You must sacrifice something. So you are a joker if you are praying, I, sac- I, I destroy an altar, I destroy an altar, I destroy an altar. I, you are a joker. I'm teaching you the practical way. Yes. Not people will give you good English, will give you all kind of grammar and they will not tell you anything. How you can go about it. People of God, I want to help you by the message of God. This is the way of pulling down and raising an altar. Are you following? So let's go to Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean bears, he sacrificed burnt offering on it. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? He did what? He sacrificed. So the first thing you must always do in building an altar is sacrifice. Even before you call, uh, you, you, you enter into the realm of calling the name. Yes. Are you following? The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again. People of God, when you erect an altar, new covenant is established. God now established covenant. This is why covenant are backed by altars. New covenant are established or covenant are established by altars. When this man set an altar, then God smell. After seeing the sacrifice, God smell a sweet savour, a sweet pleasing aroma. My God. And said in his heart, never again will I cast the ground because of humans. People of God, God now changes mind. He said, I will not curse people. So it means that your altar can change the curse pattern in your father's line, can change the curse pattern in your mother's line, can change the curse pattern even in your life. When no one sacrificed that thing on an altar, God changed his mind. No more will I curse man. People of God, God has said, no more will he curse you. It doesn't matter. There is somebody that has set an altar and he said, I will not curse man anymore. I will not curse man anymore. Never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Cursing of the ground is the cursing of man. Because men came from the ground. So if the earth is cursed, we are cursed. But the Lord said, because of this you have done, I will not curse you again. God only spoke when the sacrifice was pleasing. The sacrifice you used to set your altar must be pleasing. I don't know if you are learning this, my God. 
My God, my God. Island people of God, island people of God, my God, my God. Sorodi managabaya. Listen, listen. The sacrifice you are laying down must be pleasing, must be pleasing, must be pleasing. Look at what God told even Cain and Abel, even in the book of Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 throughout. Listen, these people sacrificed their firstlings, and, and the sacrifice of Abel was the one that was pleasing unto God. And when it was pleasing unto God, the Bible says it was accepted, and God even blessed him. And that was why even Cain became angry. It is your altar, the pleasing of the sacrifice on your altar that exempts you from other people. Genesis chapter 4, verse 45. And Abel also brought an offering. For they all set an altar and they made sacrifice. But the altar that had response was the altar of Abel. People of God, the fact that we have to build an altar doesn't mean build anything. The altar that received response was the altar of Abel. Because why? The Bible said that this guy gets fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Look at that. He looked with favor and his offering. Your offering must be pleasing. God can reject your offering. Gideon built an altar after he has seen that the angel took the sacrifice. Your offering can be rejected. Okay, let's go back to our scripture. I hope you are learning and I hope you are following. Please learn well because this is my last teaching on this altar. So they took the bull. So everybody did an element called sacrifice. There must be an offering because altars are activated by offering. Are you following? Altars are what? Activated by offering. Okay. Then they call the name of the bar from one to know. Then they, so when they call the name, nothing happened. They shouted, nothing happened. Then they do what? They dance. The word dancing there is what we call the sacrifice of praise. They give thanks. They were praising their God. They were chanting and nothing happened. People of God, if you want to destroy demonic altar, number one, you have to give a fat seed, a fat offering. That offering must not always be money. That sacrifice must not always be money. I will teach you when we go to Elijah's own. I get, do you know that giving praise is even a, sacri- a form of sacrifice? Yes. I will teach you. So don't worry, just follow with me. Even the enemy knew how to dance. Some of you don't dance. They are dancing to activate their God. What are you doing to activate your God? What are you doing to praise your God? Listen, a man called David danced for somebody's womb to be shut. So the person, the person spoke against the king and God's anger came upon this lady. And his womb was closed. Why? Because he was fighting something that was giving thanks to God. Dancing is powerful. Through dancing that glory to God is powerful. 
Aboroka papaya. Menlekorukaya. And they danced around the altar. They had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout loud that he said, Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and sliced themselves with sword. Can you just imagine that 28, 28 going? These people were now obeying Elijah. Oh my God. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and sliced themselves. The word sliced themselves means they cut themselves with swords and spears as was their custom. Listen, it was their custom to cut themselves. You, what, what sacrifice are you paying? These people were cutting. Go to the demonic world. On the altar, they cut themselves. Do you think that you watch Nigerian movie and sometimes when they are making covenant, they will cut their body and you think it is, it is normal? They are cutting things. They are cutting their skin. Some people, you will see your father and your father had a cut. Your father traveled. Your father returned back home and he, he, your father is having this um, um, bandage. On their hand, you ask, they say, oh, I had some small cut. You don't know what they did. Your brother went somewhere. Your brother came back and your brother is having plaster all over his hand. Sometimes his finger. Not all of them had an accident. Some people went to a place where they made sacrifice. People of God, you have to rise up in prayer. Rise up in righteousness. Purity, holiness. I am an Ogoba. Are you following? Yes. Midday passed, meaning that it passed 12, and they continued their frantic prophesying. Even the enemy knew how to prophesy. My God. They were prophesying on the altar. The en- these are demonic people. They were prophesying. Oh, Jesus. Until the time for the evening sacrifice. Now, wait. I've taught you this, this thing before. Your altar, you do not just sacrifice at any time you want. Listen, you don't have the right to sacrifice at any time you want. When something is an altar to you, there are time of sacrifice. So if you tell God, every 12 noon, I will pray for 30 minutes, it becomes your sacrifice. Every 3 p.m., I will pray, it becomes your sacrifice. But listen, it will never be activated until you are consistent in doing that. Now, it was known in the Jewish law or rule or custom, let me put it that way, that this one, they had the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Now, there are eight prayer watches. Write it down. I have said with you some time ago. Eight prayer watches. It is very prophetic. During those times, at least spend five minutes or ten minutes and pray. Prayer watch number one. 
12 a.m. Prayer watch number two, 3 a.m. Prayer watch number three, 6 a.m. Prayer watch number four, 9 a.m. Prayer watch number five, 12 p.m. Prayer watch number six, 3 p.m. Prayer watch number seven, Six PM. Hey, and I eight in the middle. Yes. Twelve AM, six. No, twelve AM, three three AM, six AM, nine AM, twelve PM, three PM. Mm-hmm. Then we go to six PM. and 9 p.m. God bless you. Mm-hmm. So list it down. 8 prayer watch. 12 a.m., 3 a.m., 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m. That is all. These times, I am telling you, these times, it's a high-level spiritual sensitivity times. High level. Literally, the quarters on the clock. God bless you, Caleb. Yes. Are you following? So that was just by the way. The man had understanding that based on the God he knew, there are times we provide sacrifice, not every time. And the time is called evening sacrifice and it was 3 p.m are you following the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice is 3 p.m do you know that it was 3 p.m yes do you know that jesus christ gave up the ghost at 3 p.m do you know that john and peter went to the beautiful gate at the time of the evening sacrifice at 3 p.m uh-huh <laughs> can I give you a, a, can I give you some mystery here? Can I unveil some mystery to you right now? Are you ready? It is the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, right? 3 p.m. But Jesus Christ was a sacrifice. He was never received until it was 3 p.m. and he gave up the ghost. Jesus Christ gave up the ghost at 3 p.m. So the sacrifice called Jesus was even accepted at that prophetic time, 3 p.m. Are you learning? Hmm. But bless you. <laughs> I love the way my people love to write. Yes. 
Okay, let's continue. Are you ready? Then Elijah said to the people, Come here to me. When did Elijah say that? The time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. The man knows that a sacrifice will only be accepted. So when it comes to sacrifice, timing is very, very important. When God tells you, give a seed to a man of God, don't wait for another day. Give it that time. If you give it another day, you may not receive testimony. Listen, please, this is the mystery. The reason why most people, you give seed, you give offering, and nothing happens is because of this mystery here. You are having something. The Lord said, give it now. You said, no. <coughs> so if you're a pastor here, teach your members. Don't be afraid to teach them. Most people give seed. They are good. They give unto God. But they give it at the wrong time. Listen, when it comes to giving, God doesn't need your money. He needs your obedience. So when God says now, it must be now. And God will never say now if you don't have the means. Are you following? God will never say now if you don't have the means. So there many people have been given seed. But the seed they give, the seed they give, it is not attracting any attention. God has rejected your seed. Your offering has been rejected. What God needs from you is your obedience. Listen, God has been talking to many people. Sometimes God will tell you, go and show your car. Go and sow your house. Go and sow your land. Hmm. Go and empty your account. Listen, let me let me advise you. Can I advise you, people? I receive certain money, eh? And the moment I receive the money, are you ready to listen to this this advice? Let me see if I I have a lot of people who want to listen to this advice. This thing, it is only my wife that is aware. And I want to share with you so that it can help you. Okay. I I got certain money. Hmm? I have certain money in my hand. And the Lord told me that take 10% of the money that you have received. You see, I am not ashamed to share my mistake. So you will learn from it, then you can be blessed. But my mistake shouldn't be your mistake. I can be, I can be doing things in excellent way. But that doesn't mean that at times you come that I say, oh, because I'm doing things in an excellent way. So this one, quite if I do it, nothing will happen because I'm always doing it in, in an excellent. If you default, the systems will also default. They will not say that you have been consistent 
they will not say that you are prolific. No. Be careful. Because that was my thought. So the Lord told me, give 10% out of all that you have received. Give this 10% to these people. He told me the category of people I should give that 10% to. Then I said, Lord, me too, I need something. So I am going to do what you are telling me. So I have calculated the 10% in my, in my mind. I'm going to receive some other money. But that money I'm going to receive, then I will give that one to those people. God didn't speak again. The Holy Spirit didn't talk to me again. I didn't hear anything again. So I thought God is okay. I took the money, added some money to it, and did certain things. Mm. Mommy Harriet is my witness. The way that thing frustrated me to a point I nearly cried. <laughs> the thing frustrated me to a point that I, I nearly cried. I said I have made one of the biggest mistakes for the first time that not that I wasn't going to do it but for the first time that I went on my own way without first fulfilling what God was telling me because God has a way to bless a man God has a way to provide your needs I'm saying this because I have repented but the consequences I went through it if it's still cry, I'm a kumu kakra. That's half in a me hong tome. And when that thing happened, nobody helped me. Do you know why? There are things, eh, if God even told me to do that, and I did it, and I was in distress, some people will be touched by God to do certain things for me. But this one, nobody mind me. I was like, oh God, why? Why God? Everybody left me. I was like alone in this situation. When I say I'm alone, not in conversation, but in terms of help, then I know that you have to be careful to follow that what the Lord is telling you. And you must obey it first before other things. People of God, don't do what I do. Most of you, God is speaking to you. You need a certain testimony. But that testimony is covenanted on the altar. But the altar is said that what God is telling you to do, do it now. Some of you, God is telling you that every month, make sure that you buy Vortic for your church. Vortic water for your church, but you have rejected it. Somebody is doing it, and the person is enjoying it, enjoying the benefit of it. Some of you, the Lord has been telling you this man every month, bless this man. Somebody, the Lord is telling you, your biological parent, buy a car for them, buy a car for them. You have the means, but you have rejected it. Listen, don't think too far when we are talking about all this. 
some of these things are the requirement on an altar the moment you fulfill this an altar will be set before you that altar will defend you defend your children there were people that built listen do you know mommy of war in the church of Pentecost this woman took the gold in their family sold the gold and used the money for the church of Pentecost and up till now the least even among their family is a billionaire the least among their family is an apostle people of God you see there are things that goes on in the spirit if you do not align well you will miss it don't say what if I cannot hear from God you don't hear from God only in the spirit by hearing voices in your ears alone you can hear from God from your man of God you can hear from the Lord from scriptures if you have been studying the scriptures sometimes you'll be pushed to do certain things sometimes your man of God will tell you certain things that is the voice from God and your spirit bear witness but you reject it so don't think that oh how am I going to hear the voice of God you are not you are not troubling your man of God you are worrying yourself learn to discern the voices that speak to you sometimes you will see something somebody has done and the Lord will tell you to do the same thing do the same thing for somebody you don't have to be there and go meba 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 no sometimes somebody will do something even you will see it on facebook you will see it and as you are watching it you will be touched oh let me also do the same thing for this person it is not your mind it is god speaking to you but i do think some people think that it's everything when we are prophesying it's everything we hear people of god it's not everything we hear it's not everything we see we have the mind of god there are times we speak boldly i don't know what i'm saying but the person responds yes sir, it is true we have the mind of god the confidence we use to prophesy you, you don't you don't know you think everything we say we see yes that when we are presenting you say i see in the spirit because the thought are in the spirit do you know what it takes for you to say a thing that you have not seen you have not heard but you are saying it <laughs> I get it. so give your sacrifice on the time required don't wait for the time to pass people of god if you wait for the time to pass your sacrifice will not be accepted let's continue then elijah said to all the people come here to me they came to him and he repaired the altar look at who he did what he repaired the altar somebody say repair somebody say repair so now we have understood how to pull down an altar now we are going to how to build an altar or repair an altar so the altar had been what torn down elijah took 12 stones he did what he took what 12 stones elijah took 12 stones 
Amen, Sewa. Twelve stones. Now, do you know that twelve stones? The Bible said it. So let's read it. I don't have to even explain it. Elijah took the twelve stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. So the man engaged in covenant. Oh, Jesus. So this is a man that the word of God came to Jacob. So he did it according to what Jacob did. Jacob set an altar and called it El Bethel, the God of Bethel. And this man also took 12 stones. Listen up. Now it was out of Jacob that the 12 tribes came. You know the 12 sons? Yes. I hope you are following. So it was who? Through Jacob. So somebody write it. This is how you prepare message so that it will stick. Jacob is equal to 12 stones. Into brackets, 12 stones into brackets, the 12 tribes of Israel. following so jacob implies 12 tribes had the 12 stones are you following 12 stones and these 12 stones were the 12 tribes of israel how many sons did jacob had how many sons So 12, these 12 became the 12 tribes of Israel. This man is the man that God, that he encountered God and set an altar and called it God of Bethel, El Bethel. Are you following? And Elijah is now repairing an altar and Elijah didn't use his own mind. Elijah remembered the covenant of Jacob and reinstituted the covenant of Jacob. He set the 12 stones. Ah, you are not getting it. So these 12 sons were Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. You remember them? Dan, mm-hmm. Naphtali, God, Asha, Isaac, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Mm. Joseph and Benjamin.
Okay. It has to be in your head. I'll post a certain image for you. It will stick for you, okay? I want you to learn. Pa. So even the prophet had understanding that before his altar can be powerful, he first has to set covenants. So the covenant practice is something that anybody setting an altar must remember. The covenant of Jacob. Are you following? Yes. So anytime you are setting a covenant and um, an altar, remember a covenant. He remembered the God of Jacob. He remembered the God of Jacob. Okay, let's continue. Descended from Jacob to whom the word of the Lord came saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. So the altar represents Israel. So he built the altar in the name of the Lord of Israel. So he didn't build the altar in the name of Kwakubuatin, of Fifi, of Equia, of Caleb, of Bosompra. He built the altar in the name of the God of Israel. Anytime you are setting an altar, you must set it according to the order of the Lord. Mm. He arranged the wood. Okay. So, and he dug a trench, verse 32. He dug a trench around it large enough to hold two sears of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and lay it on the dam. So, the first thing he did was what? He set the altar. The second thing, then he made sacrifice on it. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Mm. Do it again, he said. And they did it, did it again. Do it a third time. He ordered, and they did it the third time. Have you seen the instruction? Mm. 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 Do you know the mystery here? We are building an altar. Do you know the mystery here? So now we have seen that sacrifice is very, very important. Now the 12 tribes, they were the people through which the word of the Lord came to Jacob, the God of Israel. Are you getting it? Yes. So in building the altar, you must build it in the name of the Lord. That is number one. You must build it making sacrifices on it, number two. And now this is where I want your attention to come. He told them to put water on it. Now, what, what is your understanding about water in the Bible? Let me see if you people have been studying the, the word of God. What is your understanding about water? Somebody say life. Somebody say life. Okay. 
Let me see. I'm still waiting. Wow, somebody says Holy Spirit. Somebody says cleansing. Somebody says growth. Okay. Somebody says the Holy Spirit. Wow. Okay. Somebody says the Word of God. Okay. Hmm. I want more answers. Somebody say, Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Okay. Mm, I'm still waiting. God bless you, Kwame. I am the living water. So it's equal to Jesus and it's equal to cleansing of sin. God bless you. Now let's go to John chapter 2, verse 7. I want you to understand the water. The water part. Pa. Uh-huh. So that when we are talking about water, you will not think about something. You will also do this thing right. Let's go there. John chapter 2, verse 7. Jesus said to the servant, Okay, let's go to John chapter 2, verse 3. Going. John 2 verse 3 going. Okay, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servant, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars. Listen up. Six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Other version will use the word according to the Jewish rite of purification. Are you following? Do whatever it is nearby to six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servant, fill the jar with water so they filled them to the brim then he told them now draw some out wow so you will see that all of the things you said they are right but water here means that purification and it was purified three times 
for cleansing. Now, this is the reason why I'm going to show you. When I was teaching you about the tabernacle, I told you that there is that which we call the brazen lava. And inside the brazen lava contain water that when the priests want to perform any sacrifice, they wash themselves in that water before they perform that sacrifice. Did you remember? Do you remember that? When I was teaching about the sanctuary, the tabernacle, where I told you the brazen, I told you that write it down. It will mean something later. Everything I'm teaching, if you follow, you will understand very well and it will help you. So, listen, even those parts, they have set the brazen lava for cleansing before a sacrifice will be performed. The same way, this man, Elijah, had an understanding that they, they must set something. He must pour something on the sacrifice as a form of cleansing. Cleansing and cleanse. I know that there are a lot of revelation concerning it. But it was a form of what? Cleansing. Now let's go back to our previous scripture. So Jesus was even telling them, this one, they set the gallows according to the order or the Jewish rite of purification. Okay, Ezra chapter 30 verse 18. Thou shalt also make a lava of brass and his foot also a brass to wash with thou. And thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. And thou shalt put them therein. So this one, the man poured the water on the altar. Are you learning, people of God? So John chapter 2 verse 18. So he told them that they should do this. So that it is, it was those gallons standing there was standing there according to the Jewish rite of purification. Now let's go back to our main scripture. So they did it three times. They did it what? Three times. For three times they were doing it. Mm. Mm. Three times. The number three is the number of the Trinity, the Trionity. And it's the number of resurrection. Now, this man was invoking something. He was calling the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You can never build a proper altar without the involvement of the Godhead. God must be involved. And if God is involved, it means that you must enter into purification. People of God, never try to fight an altar or to rebuild an altar without cleansing yourself. You must wash yourself from every form of unrighteousness. This is not the teaching you were looking for. Uh-huh. But it, it is going to help you. You must make sure you wash yourself. Because listen, can I shock you? The reason why altar is powerful is because of sin. The reason why demonic altars are powerful is because of sin. So what powers altar is sin. Generally, what powers demonic altar is sin. When you begin to sin, they have hold over your life. Are you following? Yes. So if you want to destroy altars, you must make sure you separate yourself 
from all form of unrighteousness. And that is where the cleansing part came in. Three times they washed themselves. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Are you following? Let's continue the scripture. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. The water ran, okay. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah, listen, at the time of sacrifice, what was the time of sacrifice? Please, what was the time? So all this time when they were done, he was preparing it. He was preparing it. He was going through cleansing. Now, let me tell you the reason why. Do you know why before a Muslim prays, they wash themselves? <laughs> this was how the Jewish people used to do. They washed themselves before. Oh my God, I'm helping somebody here. They wash themselves and they wash it. It is called ablution. Now, do you remember ablution? You remember ablution, the meaning of ablution? Religious and moral education. Do you remember ablution? What is ablution? What is ablution? Ritual cleansing, exactly. Please learn what I am teaching you. It is going to help you. So the act of Elijah doing those things if it was today, I would say it is ablution. He was cleansing the thing. He was purifying the things. My God. People of God, the reason why you can rebuild an altar in your house is when you wash yourself from the sins of your father. When you wash yourself from the sins of your mother, the things your father is doing wrong, you will not repeat it. Wash yourself from this thing that you can be even you, you can become an altar that when people ask you things you speak to them, it happens are you following? at the time of sacrifice what was the time of sacrifice? I told you, let's be fast because the time is almost up I have to finish this what was the time of sacrifice? 3pm, God bless you so all this time when these people were done the man was preparing the altar and, and he, he, he has entered into cleansing. So he is now waiting for the sacrificial part. And at the time of sacrifice, First Kings chapter 18, verse 36 to 39, at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, now wait. What was the man doing? He was invoking covenant. People of God, there are covenants you must invoke on the altar. I heard a father of faith say that when people say that the God of a man of God, they are wrong. I don't agree. I don't agree. I respect our fathers, but I don't agree. I don't. But the Bible didn't say all New Testament is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for perfecting the sin. You see, all scriptures and all scriptures involve the New Old Testament and the New Testament. Yes. So if all scriptures is profitable, then in the Old Testament, people made mention the God of Abraham 
Even in the New Testament, people say son of David. Did David give birth to Jesus? But people were saying son of David. Have mercy on us. In the New Testament, people were saying son of David. Mm. That is why when you partner with a man of God by revelation, I'm telling you, there is no way you can fail. Whatever anointing is speaking over that man of God's life and his altar must also defend you and speak for you. Unless you don't understand, you do it anyhow. You pay your partner seat anytime you want, whether you have it. Yes. But if you have understanding, it will back you and it will bless you. So the man, the first thing the man invoked was God of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham also set an altar. Do you know that Abraham also set an altar and called that altar Bethel? I told you that the reason why Jacob had an encounter and named that place Bethel, the same way his grandfather Abraham also had a place called Bethel. <laughs> so all of them were using the name because it became the God of their grandfather. Oh, Jesus. Then he went, Isaac. Isaac set an altar. And Israel, Israel is Jacob. Why did the man use only these three people? Why did the man only use these three people? Because the altar he set, he put 12 stones and that 12 stones were Israel. And Israel is Jacob. And Jacob's father is Isaac. And Isaac's father is Abraham. So he had understanding that if I want to do anything, and I'm using these 12 tribes, I must go through their lineage. People of God, there are certain family. You can go through their lineage and it is full of blessing. My God, you can connect with them. Sorrow demon. Are you following? So he traced the root of the altar he has set. The altar he set had 12 stones, and that 12 stones each represent the 12 tribes. One of the 12 tribes of Israel. So each of them. Are you following? Yes. And the father is called Jacob. And Jacob built an altar. Jacob's father is called Isaac. Isaac built an altar. Even he even went to his father's well. Now there's a message called altars and wells. Go to YouTube and search for it and watch it. Altars and wells. W e l l s. Altars and wells. Yes. He went back to the wells. His father's wells. Do you know that the well can be altar? You let me leave that one. Go and watch it and be blessed. And the father of Isaac is Abraham. So he traced the covenant. Listen, the covenant of your prolific George Makego can also work for you. He traced the covenant of this man. He didn't say, I am a prophet. I know my things. I can call fire right there to come. No. When he was calling, there was a principle. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 2. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Terry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, 
and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. You see, the man had understanding about Bethel. Let me leave that one for now. Let's continue our scripture because of time. People are tired, but I hope you are blessed by this message. Uh, let it be known today, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel. You are God in Israel. You are God in Israel. And that I am your servant. And have done all these things at your command. You set an altar based on the commandment of the Lord, not yourself. You set an altar at the word of the Lord, not your own word. So how will you know? The Lord will speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through his man of God. He will speak to you through a brother or a sister. Heck it to that and fulfill it. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I've done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their heart back again. So the purpose of setting an altar must bring people to Christ. Abba. There are people that are falling and trapped with polygamy. People are falling and trapped with smoking, living in sin. So when you are setting an altar, the first that must come in mind is that, Father, let my altar be so potent that I can win my family back to you. So you are saving the sick back to Christ. You are saving the lost back to Christ. Your altar, that must be your first desire that will bring all men back to him. Because the desire of Elijah was to bring them to him. I have done all of these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. So these people will know that you are Lord God and that you are turning their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up. Listen up and burn up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil. Mm. The sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. Ah. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. May God bless the reading of His word. Are you blessed? So this is how we raise an altar. You must raise an altar by cleansing yourself. Wash yourself. Because what is empowering a demonic altar against you is sin. You must wash yourself. Are you following? You must what? Wash yourself. You must now say, Father, I repent. I repent of all that I did. Are you following? Yes.
Now, in place of the sacrifice, there are three things that must I, I must teach you before I leave. Then God will tomorrow, since we are done with this, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., then we can spend time and pray on altars and covenant. Then if the Lord show me a vision, I'll prophesy. God willing, tomorrow evening will be extreme prophetic madness. Extreme prophetic madness. EPM. Extreme prophetic madness. Thursday evening. Extreme prophetic madness. EPM. So write it down. Yes. God willing, tomorrow, 4 p.m. Yes. And in the morning too, as you are praying, I will pray for the sick healing service. I'll pray for the sick. I'll spend time to pray. But God, tomorrow is our last meeting for this week program of altars and covenants. And I know you are blessed. Are you following? Now, there are three things I have to tell you before the app shut down concerning sacrifice. Now, when it comes to sacrifice, number one person that must sacrifice is yourself. You must sacrifice yourself on the altar. What did the Bible say? Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Is it the book of Romans? Yes. Uh, Hebrews chapter, yes. Therefore, I urge you, Romans chapter 12 verse 1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So the first thing concerning sacrifice is yourself. People of God, you must sacrifice yourself that you are going to defend your family and that you are living every form of sin. You want to sacrifice your body, holy and acceptable. You will not entangle yourself with the things that your family is doing. You are going to discipline yourself with consistent prayer life. You are going to discipline yourself with fasting. You are going to discipline yourself with the study of the word of God. You are going to sacrifice everything to win your family. I follow it. I follow. Offer yourself as a sacrifice. The second sacrifice the Lord demands from you is what we call the sacrifice of praise and worship. People have been, let me add dance, dance, praise, and worship. Yes. Dance, praise, and worship. People of God, sometimes I don't understand people. Go through the scriptures. Anytime something great is happening, people will dance. God's people went to conquer a city. And the last thing he told them to do is to dance around the place. And God fought for them. They never did anything. God fought for them. As they praised the Lord. Paul and Silas, when they were captured, they were praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord in prison. And other people were watching them. 
And these men were praising the Lord. People of God, there is something about praise. When you are in a place where the altar is give thanks, it is not enough to offer yourself as a sacrifice, but you must also dance, praise, and worship God. It's a form of sacrifice. And the Bible call it the sacrifice of praise. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. About the midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a such violent earthquake that, were, that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. I prophesy. Even as you begin your praise tonight, as you begin your worship tonight, let every form of chain be broken. Let every form of doors that are doors of captivity be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise unto God. Let us do what? Offer the sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. That is the second thing. Are you following? The third sacrifice is your prayers and that is a major sacrifice even it's more than three yes listen prayer is a necessity on the place of your altar are you following yes you must pray i told you about the tabernacle that the incense is known or is a type of prayer. Anytime you hear the word incense, the altar of incense, you know that it's an altar of prayer. It said that the prayers of the saint ascended into the heavens as an incense. So prayer must be offered on the altar. And the last thing that I will add is your seed now this is one of the most important thing so four things i i said three but four number one your body as a sacrifice number two dance praise and worship number three i want you to list them number three is what your prayers number four is your seed the lord bless you people of god now you can raise an altar because you know the process you can rebuild an altar because you know the process the key that i'm giving to you now because the app is shutting down is that if your father is alive or your mother is alive and you know that they are associated with any altar try every way i mean to take something from them money from them now that is the best thing you can take and show that money add up to it and show that money to break some covenant in their life because some of them if you advise them to do it they will not do it so take from them add up and sacrifice to break that pattern 
and you will be free. The Lord bless you. My name is Epholefe George Markego, and Jesus is my boss. Until we meet at 6 a.m. God with tomorrow, bye-bye.